Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Eye on Houston, Houston's community affairs program reflecting the concerns, needs, and events of our greater Houston communities. Delgado from 94.7 The Drive in Washington, D.C. and for the Odyssey app as we are joined today by Bronson Griscom for Earth Day, the Senior Director of Natural Climate Solutions. Welcome. Karina, it is uh, an honor and a pleasure to be here. Well, I have to say, I'm very excited to have you here in the studio, and I mentioned this earlier. You're the first person that I've had in the studio since the beginning of the pandemic, so you are my very first guest in the new normal, in the new times. Wow. Okay, so I'm even <laughs> more honored. Um, yeah, that is that. it is so much fun to get back to a little three-dimensional you know, back to the basic primal forms of human interaction in person. So wonderful to be here with you. Yeah, we get to share a little bit of energy instead of doing this on Zoom today. Well, of course, we're here to honor Earth Day and have a conversation about uh, what is happening with our Earth. You are the lead conservation international natural climate solutions science team so you played a key role in the strategic development of natural climate solutions science across the organization leading a research agenda that helps deliver on conservation international's climate goals which is whew, that's a mouthful and i just read that in full but what does that really mean if you want to just put that in a nutshell for our listeners well one of the things it means is that as an organization we and i should say a number of other organizations, but we were, I think, in the forefront of really shifting our focus to deal with this existential crisis that brings us all together, right? Yes. This sort of global connective tissue that is bringing organizations from all walks of life together to solve this great problem and to solve a bunch of problems at the same time. And so from the environmental side, we realized it's not just environment, people and environment. And when it's people and environment, you put those together and climate is it. So that is realization that we had a number of years. And natural climate solutions, now maybe I'm being a little bit self-centered here, but it's, it's at the center of that storm. Okay. Um, in a positive way, right? Which is what are the solution set um, 
that we need not just to respond and adapt to climate change, but to solve it. And is it solvable? <laughs> that is the, I mean, that is the question. That like, is the question. So it is okay. definitely solvable. Okay, because I want to know, like straight out the gate, are we yeah. doomed or not? <laughs> yeah, so, well, I mean, I would start with just a personal sensation. Sure. In responding to that question, which <laughs> is, I, you know that feeling of surprise when you realize that you are, you have a, a role reversal mm-hmm. and you're like, wait a second, my, I used to be this and now I'm this. So for me, I have gone from being um, chicken little, <laughs> the sky is falling, right? doomsday, folks, wake up, this is grim, basically the catastrophizer mm-hmm. in my family and in my circle of friends to sort of shifting into a role of optimism. And okay. so, so it's like, okay, so how do you put those two pieces together? Um, so I remain let's just say, quite pessimistic mm. about the near-term baked-in climate change. Okay. And so what that means is that, and this IPCC report, right, that just recently came out that kind of sets the stage for, for Earth Day, <laughs> and it sets a grim stage. Things are worse than we thought. We are experiencing it in many parts of the world, in many parts of the country. So in a sense, you know, I don't think there is that sort of dissonance between people's perception as much and sort of science as sure. there used to be but the point is like yeah on the one hand it is grim and we have to sort of take the red pill and face that um and think about how how serious this is on the one hand however um the solution set is really exciting okay. and you know i also think not only have we been underestimating the problem but we've been underestimating our ability to transform and solve that problem in a way that's really powerfully positive. It doesn't just solve a problem. It gets us to a better place. So that's the contrast that I would paint (laughs) in answering your question, is it doomsday? I would say it's not doomsday. It is grim, but we have an incredible opportunity this moment in time to turn the game around more than more than before. Sure. And I want to get back to the IPCC report here in just a second. But just to uh, piggyback on what you're saying there, one thing that we've learned through the pandemic, if nothing else, is that we can do hard things. We can surmount the supposedly unsurmountable. And so with that, I think... uh, where the report comes in is where we get the baseline on where we need to start. And as you mentioned just a moment ago, um, the report is actually a little more bleak than, than they thought it was going to be. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. Um, so what we have seen, if we look back in the history of these IPCC reports, right? So what is it? This is a huge group of scientists representing virtually every country um, getting together and arriving at what I would consider as the sort of the greatest level of scientific consensus we have known as a global society. Okay. Or, and in this case, around the great existential scientific crisis of our time, which, yes, is the pandemic, but the longer term one is climate change. And so, okay, so that's, you know, as you just referenced, so that's what this report is about, is like, what's the state of play? And then this latest, and they have a series of ones, previous ones have been kind of, you know, where are we now? It's like, what are the solutions? So these IPC reports, the reports that come out at sort of, I think is it seven-year intervals, they have consistently underestimated mm. the problem. But as a scientist, I can tell you that doesn't surprise me that much because whereas the, cl- 
climate scientists have been painted into a place of sort of unnecessarily alarmist, mm-hmm. I would say the opposite. I would say scientists are actually a, a conservative group of people that don't like to talk about things that they're not really sure about, right? They're sort of, let's just say, a kind of introverted, kind of hesitant, culturally group of people. And um, so what does that translate to? That translates to kind of being very careful to not overstate that. That is a bias in a sense, right? And that bias towards um, being careful about what you make a statement of will tend, has led us to, I think, not surprisingly, see a series of predictions that were actually underestimating. And so, again, it's not that surprising to me that now the report is saying, wow, things are a little worse thought and we thought they were bad. Sure, because at seven-year intervals, if you've had series of underestimations, that is going to mount at some point, and here we are. So with that, um, I did read this, that the carbon emissions are still rising globally, and most countries are not on track to deliver on their climate commitments. But according to those reports, and according to your optimism... (laughs) there are things that we can do. So let's take a spin in that direction because um, for those who care to listen, those are people who want to help. So how do we give them a call to action? So we've talked about the bad news, right? Right. And now I'm thrilled that you're asking this question because this is the good news. We have a greater clarity about the solution set than we've ever had before. We have a a greater set of science-based reasons Mm -hmm. to implement that solution set, that toolbox. So it's more like now we have the instructions on how to put the IKEA desk together, (laughs) so to speak. (laughs) And that makes, that makes a lot of sense, which, because I think, you know, that it brings that quote to mind, the journey uh, of a thousand miles begins with one step. And so if we are able to break that down in a science, more of a scientific process, it makes it more manageable. And since we're talking about uh, for Earth Day, one day, one thing, what off the top of your head are the three easiest things that people can do to have the greatest impact? I'm not a vegetarian. Uh, I love, you know, I'm, I'm a guy who loves to grill meat. But in the process of the work I've been doing, what has blown me away is the impact of cows. Really? The impact of cows is kind of hard to believe when you start to wrap your head around all of our agricultural lands. Right? So agriculture is one of the biggest impacts on the planet. So 70% of agricultural lands globally are used to produce 5% of our food. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of crazy, right? Right. That's kind of, kind of a sloppy system. It is a huge opportunity to... Um, while we improve the availability of food, improve people's health, because mm-hmm. actually a lot of, like in America, for example, okay, we eat a little bit less meat. Okay. See, I am all about this alliteration. So you could do Meatless Monday, and maybe you could do a Walk to Work Wednesday, and, you know, that sort of thing, as far as putting things into bite-sized pieces. Because especially when you look at a report like this, and it does seem so bleak, I think... Again, like regular people such as myself will get overwhelmed and just feel like, you know what? We're all doomed anyway. I'm just going to live my best life or whatever. But that best life could actually be a longer life and a longer life for this planet if we just make small changes to our lifestyle. Karina, you nailed it. And so I think what I would emphasize in what you just said is 
the excitement I have is in the sense that a lot of these fun, satisfying, joyful changes in our sure. lives. And so just like you said, I mean, there is so much good, delicious food out there that um, if you, sh you know, that if we, if we kind of embark on that sort of joyful culinary journey is part of um, helping to save the planet. Same thing with walk to work, you know, Wednesdays, as you say, or bike to work or navigate the new landscape. Yeah. But it's, it's exciting and it's fun. Yes, for sure. Well, so just in, in summary, although the IPCC report was bleak, what we did learn is that at the core of this is the human factor. And then the good news about that is, since it is, in fact, the human factor, that means that we have the capability of changing the outcome if we change our behaviors. And so one day, one thing, think of one thing that you can do today for Earth Day. And for this full report, you can log on at conservationinternational.org. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate your time and your gifts and your, your wisdom. Thank you for sharing. My pleasure. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.